Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Summer Movie Club. I am your host, Zach Weiss. I'm going to need a bigger boat, ladies. ladies. Uh, my co-host this week has black eyes, like a doll's eyes. It's Adam Weiss. This is a gun. You get, I feel like to say that line, you really have to say it like it'd be like he's got black eyes, like a doll's eyes. You have to say it in a Robert Shaw voice. I can't do I can't do a Quint. I want to be Quint, but I yeah. can't. I can't. Uh, we are doing uh, this week the classic 1975 movie, one of my cinematic blind spots up until this week. Uh, Jaws about a um, shark. It's funny because I was I was I was gonna welcome to this episode of summer movie club we're doing like what people refer to as the first summer movie like this was the first like summer blockbuster My blockbuster yeah um also a couple weeks short of our intended well somebody's intended uh syncing up with uh shark week yeah um we talked about that last week uh real quick give you the synopsis of the movie uh when a killer shark unleashes chaos on a beach community it's up to a local sheriff a marine biologist and an old seafarer to hunt the beast down. Um, directed, of course, by Steven Spielberg, who we will get into a little deeper later. Uh, writing credits: uh, Peter Benchley, Benchley, who also wrote the novel. If you look at his uh, screenwriting credits, it's a bunch of Jaws stuff, basically. Um, and co-written by Carl uh, Gottlieb, I think we're going to go with. Who, yeah. looking at his uh, IMD page before we started here, I was thrilled to see uh, screenwriter uh, for one of my favorite comedies, uh, Steve Martin's The Jerk. Oh, yeah. Um, real quick, uh, <laughs> the, the, the cast, so I'll just give the, the big three. You have uh, Roy Schneider as Brody, Robert Shaw as Quint, and Richard Dreyfuss as Hooper. Um uh, again, like I said, uh, oh, real quick before I get into talking about the week, uh, this one, three Oscars, uh, one for best sound editing, one for best score by John Williams and, uh, best film editing. And it was nominated for best picture, but lost that year to one flew over the cuckoo's nest, which won all four of the big four awards, um, at the Oscars that year. There um, was that a, um, no one there was, was a lot of, part of, part of my, what, I, what are you watching this week? Um, was something called, it's a um it's a movie called the shark is still working the legacy and impact of jaws and um they go into um that bit uh about the the oscars that year um how everyone was like why in the hell is jaws being nominated for best picture and Steven Spielberg isn't getting the nod for best director as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, if I'm if I could pull up, if you give me a second to pull up the that was a a, a good Oscar year that year. Movies that not necessarily I've seen, but movies that have you know stood the test of time. What one flew like just look at the uh, I mean uh, yeah, Jack Nicholson winning for best actor that year. Let me find if I can real quick find um, uh, the director. See see who else who was nominated. Um, uh, you have Milos Foreman who won for one for over Cooper's Nest. Uh, Federico Fellini, Robert Altman, Sidney Lumet, and Stanley Kubrick. So you didn't have you didn't have any schlubs nominated over. These, these are all legendary directors. In, um, actually, now that you mentioned the, the people who were nominated. 
in the documentary that I watched, there's footage of um, Steven Spielberg like watching the announcement of like who's nominated, and they announced the best director, and his name isn't on the list, and he's like, oh man, I got beat out by Fellini. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have like I, every one of these directors is a legendary director, so it's not I mean, like it's not like some day. years where all of those names he would have been going up again. This was Steven Spielberg's like first film, like mm. like this was this isn't Steven Spielberg now. This is Steven Spielberg before he before that name was synonymous. Um, like the 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 caliber of movies that he makes. Um, yeah, this is when he was coming up as part of like that new breed of uh, directors from the seventies with yeah Spielberg, Lucas, Scorsese, Coppola, like that 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 um, breed and, and class of of uh, director that have gone on to basically define what uh, movie making is even into this uh, decade. Um, as I had said, Jaws, for whatever reason, had always just been one of those movies that um, everyone has seen and I hadn't seen. Um, so I, I was I was interested going in to see if it, I felt it lived up to the, the hype. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not going to say I did not like it, but I, I don't see myself revisiting Jaws. Oh, I, I thought it. I, I thought it was well done. Um, yeah, every like every Thursday at six, it's time to, Jaws time. The alarm goes yeah. off on your watch. Um, it's Jaws. It's, it was. It was fine. This isn't my type of movie. The like killer animal movie, which was going to be my. I don't know if I even mentioned to you was. Part, yeah, I think I did because I think we talked. You you started listing like, I, for yeah. our top five segment like killer animal movies. And all the movies I just I I might have seen like I've seen Anaconda I've seen uh, whatever uh, like Placid just I don't I don't like those movies I'm not like like it basically be making a list of movies I've seen once and won't ever see again. Yeah. Hold on a second, my daughter's trapped underneath the table because <laughs> she's dumb. Yeah. Um. I want to point out, uh, I said to Zach earlier today, um, I'm drinking a, uh, a special beer um, for the occasion, um, a beer that I hadn't had until one year I dressed up like Quint for Halloween, because we dressed up my oldest son as a shark. Um, I'm drinking Narragansett, and the can that I'm specifically drinking from is the can of, like, it's how the can <laughs> in 1975 when the movie came out and um, they actually created a like hashtag like marketing campaign behind it as well um because in the movie there's the scene where robert Shaw like chugs the beer and then crushes it while looking at richard dreyfus and then he drinks like a dick and crushes it um so the on the side of the can says hashtag crush it like quint and if you go on like instagram and look up that hashtag, you'll find a, a video, not a video, like a crushing a can, but like just hundreds of pictures of people crushing Narragansett cans. You goddamn millennials with yeah. your, your, uh, your boomerangs and your, your Twitters, your, uh, 
your boomerangs your and your hipster beer. Um, Narragansett is hula hoops and your uh, wait, what's the what's the singer and your your hula hoops and your Dan Fogelberg records? Dan Fogelberg records. Um, Narragansett is like it's your millennial beer too. Um, it's essentially what what it would be if like PBR was like brewed in uh, New England. Mm. It's good. Where is PBR brewed? PBR is brewed in Milwaukee. Oh, that's what the P stands for. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I this movie was fine. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm at the the point where anything over two hours, I feel like a little bit is a little bit like could have cut out a little bit of this. Is this movie sure. over two hours? It's two hours and four minutes. Oh. Um, um, Zach actually wrote the screenplay and the novel that it was based on. Um, I've actually read the book as well. Um, I enjoy the book. The book has a... Man, a this movie just really captured your imagination. Huh? This movie just really captured your imagination. Yeah. Um, well, it was weird because, like, I... The reason I initially watched Jaws is because I had always heard Kevin Smith talk about how much he loved the movie. Um, so I was like, oh, I'm like, let me watch it. And I'm like, oh, this is really good. I really like this. And then I don't know why. I didn't go out and buy the book. There was just a copy of Jaws house. Oh. I don't know why. Now, are you sh- like... Given Actually, how they used to do things, are you sure this we was? Were, my my wife's grandfather was moving into a assisted living facility, and we were cleaning out his room, and I found the copy of Jaws, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to take this." So you stole from an elderly man. No, he, you're like, you're like, I don't know why this book's here, and then you remembered, oh, elder theft. Yeah. Um. Piece of- piece of shit out of but there's some little there's differences in the book that um as we move along i'll i'll point out um but yeah zach um mentioned all that um john williams won best original music best original score did we just do Um, something he scored huh did we just do something that he scored because i feel like we talked about john williams i feel like it was wild wild west the, uh, that sounds that feels right, even though it feels very wrong. <laughs> yeah, um, um, that does s- seem right. Um, I always want to comment. My first note is: um, is there? Can you think of a better theme song than a villain? Besides those two notes. Um. I mean, my mind immediately jumped to, like, Vader's theme. No, true. Which was um, also John Williams. Yeah. Um, other than that, I can't even... I can't really even think of a... a villain's theme uh, that comes to mind. From the Lion King? <laughs> I do. I love that song. That's my favorite song from that, that movie. The animated one, not the... not the uh, yeah. live-action one with... What, how do you pronounce his name? Ch- Ch- uh, Chwedel Akafor or whatever. The guy from... Uh... No, you're thinking Jeremy Irons. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> no. um, I don't want to be racist. Um, yeah, I didn't, I, yeah I, where I, he I, just kind of... 
Where he kind a of little while talks. back, I, I, I told Zach to make a top five list of his top five favorite Disney songs. And if I'm not mistaken, Be Prepared is online. I love Be Prepared. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up later. It's, I don't even know how to spell it offhand, so I'll do some digging even to get his name the proper spelling. Um, one thing that jumped out at me is uh, prior to... I, I had said this movie was on Peacock and in a last week and in a classic, uh, classic show. I, I we have like a, a curse where us saying a movie is on a streaming site, uh, streaming service, removes that movie from that streaming service completely. Because yeah. um, I, I was saying to Adam, we did the same thing happened with Willy Wonka, where it was on HBO Max, and then the next day it was gone. That son of a bitch, it's back on HBO Max now. Like they literally just took it off. For the month that we needed it, and then they felt secure knowing. I wonder if it had anything to do with the anniversary, like the the rights. Uh, they wanted it off the service for the anniversary, oh, so maybe. that people wanting to watch it would have to purchase it. Yeah, maybe. That's kind of uh, underhanded. I'm looking it up, and I can't find. Oh, you know what John Williams did the music for? No, it wasn't. What the hell do you do? Because like the only thing we've done in the past, we did Wild Wild West, and we did A League of Their Own, and then we did Power Rangers, and we did Willy Wonka. And I, I know for a fact like that it was in the past like month, but he didn't do any of the music for any of those fucking things. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm getting off of John Williams. Um, um, but so, uh, anyway, my, the, the point I was getting at is it is no longer on Peacock, but it became, began streaming on, uh, all of the Jaws movies. It looks like are streaming on Amazon prime. Um, so, uh, being a, um, on, on an actual streaming service and not just the, the pirating app we use, um, it showed the, the rating of the movie before the movie started playing. This movie is PG. Yeah, and um, just right out the gate, like the, there's enough side boob in the first like scene of the movie to at least get a PG thirteen nowadays. I mean, honestly, but that, but at this point, there was no PG thirteen. I don't know. Are you familiar with the the invention of the PG thirteen rating? I was always, I always heard that it was created for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That's the story I've always heard. Is that uh, it was too intense for a general audience, but not bad enough that they wanted to restrict all. Because no. that would have, that movie is supposed to for like twelve year old, thirteen year old boys. So uh, they they invented the PG thirteen rating. This movie, at the very least, nowadays would be in PG-13. There's some stuff in here, though, I feel like that I feel like would be requested that they cut. There's, like, live, like real pictures of shark fights. Um, yeah. Like, some scarred shark fights, but then some, like, just happened a minute ago shark fights. That was, I was not expecting. Took me um, back. And, like, you were talking about um, I've watched this movie multiple times on various TVs, various computers, screens, and whatever. I'm arguing that it's not side boob 
It's just full it's on this really dark boob. Like you, I feel like if you look at that, if you watch that, you can see nipple in that movie. I don't know. I feel like the angle she's at, like you have to crane your head around to see nipple. Like it's there's a side shot of her. No, I'm talking about when you're when when the shark is coming up from the underneath shot. Oh, I was just talking about when she's running towards the water and takes her clothes off. No, 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 no. I'm talking about when she's in the water. If you look at that scene, I, I I feel like I see nipple in that scene when she's underwater. I mean, you're kind of a perv, so it might be just like you want to see nipple. Yeah. And you're kind of like, just give me that nipple, and then your brain just out of fear that you're you're you'll be too upset if you don't get the nipple, kind of fills the nipple in for you. It's kind of like kind of a psychotic break a little bit. Yeah. But now that we know the problem, now we can begin to heal. Yeah. So, um. This actually worked out pretty well. Um, let's talk about how that beach party seems super. Um, um, I, I was confused most by what the guy, what kind of cup the guy was drinking from. It looked like it, like it wasn't like, um, unless that's just what like seventies like red solo cup, like that was the seventies version of a red solo cup, just a cup with some writing on it that kind of looks like a soda cup from a like a drive-through movie concession yeah. stand. Um, but yeah, it seemed like a nice, a, a nice little party where you could evidently get so drunk that you pass out and miss an entire shark attack. Um, I don't know about you. I've never gotten so drunk that I passed out on the way to getting laid. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I haven't noticed this. I've rarely been Mr. Shark attack drunk. Yeah. Um, it's that's that like I feel like the amount of alcohol you would have to consume to miss a shark attack, but more importantly, not get laid <laughs> is a just like I don't think you'd be like he's having a conversation with her, like, what's your name again? Where are we going? Like, I don't yeah. think you'd be able to form those fucking questions if you were, yeah, he guy. would, he would have been crawling to the beach, yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, the girl gets eaten. By a shark. Uh-uh. Spoiler. Um, so ne- next, we're introduced to the Brody family, and I was confused when uh, the son runs in with the cut in his hand. Yeah. Because I thought he was pranking his parents. They're like, "Oh, look, I have like fake blood," because uh, it looked like fake. Yeah. But no, it turns out he it, in in the purpose of the movie, he actually cut his hand. Yeah. Um, uh, I have a note I w- about um, I have a note about the Brody house. Okay. Um, they they have a weird fence. Their fence is like almost it's like a high privacy fence, mm-hmm. but like a lot of panels are missing, so you could walk through it like intentionally, not like they fell down. Like, it's intentionally missing those panels, so you can walk through the fence. It's very strange. I had also, Chief Brody drives a really rad truck. Um, I had I didn't notice some little details about that at this point, because I was trying to figure out how old Brody was supposed to be. And it got, it got me and my wife talking about how just people in the 70s just lived a harder life. So, like, yeah. Brody looks like he should be in like his mid fifties. I'm gonna say he's like he's probably like early forties. 
he was 43, I believe, when the movie was made. And his wife looks a little older too, but they got like these small, small boys. Yeah, but the wife looks. I, I always chalk it up as the wife looking older, is because she's like a very much like a beach. Oh, and, it like, and it was like the seventies, where like they didn't put sunblock on; they put like olive oil on. Right, you're like. So like yeah. her, her, her skin looks ninety two, but like thirty. But then it got it, it it got ridiculous, like the ages of people later when their son goes into shock after the the shark, mm-hmm. and is in the hospital and they're pushing him in a, in a a gurney, and it's a nurse and a doctor and the doctor looks eleven. I was I was like people's ages were all over the place in 1975. Yeah, like you couldn't tell, you couldn't tell anybody was. It's like the subreddit, like thirteen or thirty. Yeah. Um, um. So yeah, they go to. Bernie's called to the the um, the beach that everybody falls down on. I think three characters like fall over on the sand. I think to be fair, one of them is because they found an arm, and like they're like, yeah. I think they're like taking. But like I just have like the idea that this sand is just completely unstandable on. <laughs> The sand, like when you're not looking, just reaches up and unties your shoelaces. Mm-hmm. So we find the arm. Uh, we're introduced to the mayor character wearing a sweet anchor jacket. The mayor. Let's talk about how big of a piece of shit the mayor. Uh, how big of what? A piece of shit the mayor. Is. Adam, this is the money making time. Like this town. Do you want this town to go under, Adam? There yeah. might not be a next July Fourth for this town. They need people on the beach swimming in the ocean because that's where the money's made, Adam, in the ocean. Um, with uh, mentioning of the mayor, um, I'm going to bring up the first one of the big differences um, between the book and the movie. Um, in the movie, not in the book, the jacket in, in, the, in the book, in the movie, doesn't wear that jacket now. In the book, he wears a blue jacket. Uh, navy blue jacket. So far, so far, it's where the, the movie is a plus, an upgrade. Yeah. Um, in the the book, like the the mayor is like so hell bent on keeping the the town, like the beaches open and everything, uh, because he owes money to the mafia. Oh. So, like, apparently, like in the book, the mafia, like, like thinks a bunch of money in like real estate and shit in Amity and he's hoping to, the mayor is hoping to um, skim profits uh, of the town to pay back the mafia. See, I can understand why they would cut that because the movie's already over two hours. Mm -hmm. That would blow the movie out a bit and that's like not really a necessary subplot, but yeah. they should have maybe given a hint or something of it, because the way the mayor acts without any real, um, just like real reason, the decision making is asinine. Yeah. Like, we have, like, multiple dead people, including a child. Oh, oh that's another, another thing. thing. In the, um, in the uh, in the book, he kills the girl in the beginning, and then he kills the little boy 
and in the same afternoon kills an old person. Was that old person the woman who plays the young child's mother? Because that woman <laughs> is the is the most that woman looks like that she should be slapping Brody because her grandson was eaten. <laughs> um, um, that was the most egregious of the people being like, how old are these people? Yeah. Um, I feel bad for Brody because he's a big town cop getting a bunch of bullshit, like small town bullshit. Mm. They're just well, like, the oh, all this bullshit. He just wants to deal with murder crime. Murder crimes. They haven't had a murder or shooting in like 40 years in Amity or something like that. Yeah. Um, we have a, we have this scene when they're on the beach um, when uh, the Kittner boy actually gets killed. We have uh, a famous uh, zoom in on uh, Oh, you went robot we... again, say it. The famous... Uh, Zach. Zoom in. You hear me? Yeah. The, the zoom in on Brody when uh, the kid gets eaten. A lot of blood in that little boy. The boy was like yeah. 98% blood. A lot of blood in that little boy. Um, we have the before he gets eaten. It's almost uh, as if the raft he was on also had blood in it. To, do you want to know a fun fact? Oh, please. The, if it's about it, a little boy's blood, it could not be more fun than this. When, they, when they shot the scene. Um, when they shut the scene, that's how they made. Um, that's how they ma- did the blood effect. They filled the raft that he was on with fake blood. Oh, really? And then blew oh, the, ra- the raft up. Look at me, lucking, joking into the fun facts. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, before before the little kitten boy dies, we have um, we have one of the the islanders um, like talking shit to Brody. An old man talking to Brody, and uh, Brody oh, was it t- that man? Wait, was it huh? that old man with the tits? Yeah, the old man with the tits who might also be twelve. <laughs> That's the most egregious age thing. Um, yeah, I forgot, yeah, I forgot all about the t- the tits the tits on that old man. <laughs> yeah, the old the old man with the tits. Um, which uh, he says something about like, oh, is like you don't like the water, sheriff, like chief. That's why he always. You know, stay on the uh, stay on the beach, and then uh, Roy Scheider gets up and says that, and walks away. And as he's getting up, he says, "That's some bad hat, Harry." Which, if you are a fan of the TV show House, uh, Bad Hat Harry is the name of the production company that made House MD. Oh, you just you do you have a book of Jaws fun facts? Yeah. I also looked up um, what else. Uh, Bad Hat Harry was founded, was created by um, Brian Singer, uh, director Brian Singer. Um, and Bad we're, Hat we're not Harry, supposed to like him anymore, anymore, right? Huh? Is he the one we're not supposed to like anymore? I don't know. I have no idea. Because um, him or somebody, either it was either him or Brett, Brett, Brett Ratner or whatever, somebody got canceled. Oh. Um, Bad Hat Harry Productions um, were involved in the making of The Usual Suspect, Apt Pupil, X-Men, X-Men 2, Superman Returns, Valkyrie, Trick or Treat, X-Men First Class, Jack the Giant Slayer, Days of Futures Past, X-Men Apocalypse, and Dark Phoenix. Brian um, Singer all... is, is canceled, by the way. Huh? Brian Singer is canceled, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, and they were also involved in uh, House... 
um, H plus the digital series, whatever the hell that is, Mockingbird Lane, Black Box, The Legion, and The Gifted. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of Marvel stuff. They did all the X Men movies and well, Legion. he directed. The, he directed, uh, yeah the he directed the first two X Men. At yeah. least, yeah. Who directed? Oh wait, no, they didn't do. They didn't do X Men Last Stand. They did X Men One, X Two, and then the next X Men movie Bad Hat Harry did was X Men First Class. They didn't do the third one that sucked. I think the only thing I remember about the third one is him moving the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So I have a note about all the blood that came out of the child. Um. <laughs> I have a note when they're back in the like the police station and like they're walking through the hallway, and it's like super crowded because I think that this is after the, the woman, the mother, uh, basically puts a bounty on the fish. Um, uh, I don't Brody, remember, wait, I don't remember when it happens. Oh, it's when they're um, it's it's when they're in the, having the town hall meeting where Quint scratches the chalkboard, like they talk about just closing the beach for twenty four. Somebody screams. 24 hours, that's like three weeks. <laughs> um, but, I, but if you watch, uh, it's, uh, I don't know if it was intentional and they kept it, or they, unintentional and they kept it in. Brody just like smacks his head on like the hanging signs outside of the offices. Like, oh, yeah. Just, um, yeah like running down the hallway and he hits his head. But now um, get into the, the introduction of Quinn. I aspire to be many things in my life. A good father, a good husband. Number one on the list is a fisherman who hangs out in the back of police briefings. Yeah. Um, um, that's that's the dream, as they say. That introduction, that introduction of Quint, I feel like is something like that's on par with like being recreated as like the same way that like Uma Thurman and John Travolta in Pulp Fiction is like recreated all the time. Well, let me ask you a question about the scene because I'm very confused about the scene as it plays out later. Who is the orange hat gentleman who does not accompany Quint out onto the boat when they go? Um, it's his first. Mate. It's like his 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 like first mate, but okay. yeah, for some reason he doesn't go with them. He would rather have a marine biologist who he believes is unskilled uh, and a guy who's afraid of water. Yeah. Or at least dislikes the water. Um, which, uh, poor choice of new location to move for for Brody. Like, it's like, oh, I hate the water. Let's go somewhere surrounded by it. Yeah. Well, he says, it's only an island if you look at it, if you don't look, it's not an island if you don't look at it from the water. That's true. Um, so uh, that's just—he's—he's fine. He's, uh, he's like, it's not an island. He's like, it's—you literally had to travel here. Before. It's like, yeah, but we're on it now. Yeah, we're good. Um, I like the line. Um, apparently, it was improvised. That was another thing I learned from the documentary was that a lot of the shit was improvised in the movie. Um, one of the things being the line where um, uh, I can't remember Brody's wife's name. Uh, I forget too. Um, but at one point, she's like, "It's when like she sneaks up on him when he's reading the shark book, and then like they're just kind of like sitting there, like she's like she kind of like sits on the ground, like 
like in front of him, like in between his knees. And she just kind of like looks it up, and looks up at him, and one of them goes, "Want to get drunk and fool around?" Oh, she says that to him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I have a note here. I felt a bit like you. Um, what movie was it that you were constantly pointing out shots? Like, um, uh, I think it was Sin City. Yeah, uh, I felt like you a bit because I was taken by a shot of Brody. Yeah. Flipping through shark books with the pages flipping reflected in his glasses. Oh yeah, I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed that when I took note of it, so that I could talk about it. Yeah. Um. I. I um, yeah, and this is where we see the graphic ass shit. Oh um, yeah. The the shark bite pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, from watching this movie, I realized that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm gonna start dressing like Hooper. Uh, what's specific? Uh, uh, having like, only watched the movie when, once, I can't picture like specifically what the, the when you first meet him. It looks like he's wearing like the pair, like the Vans that I wear, like the old, Vans. just like a navy blue pair of them. Technically, I uh, I want to re I want to correct myself. I don't wear old school Vans because they don't have the swoosh. Uh, I wear arrows. They just have like the, they're just like the ca- the very Keds looking Vans. Um, he's wearing like a pair of like navy blue Keds, and then he's wearing jeans and like a sweat, like a hoodless sweatshirt with a denim jacket over oh, top of it. I forgot to mention. I forgot to mention. Uh, my wife added a um, uh, a rare uh, note that that I needed to include. She enjoyed uh, going back to the scene where they're sitting on the beach and the shark attacks the child. Um, uh, uh, Becky liked Brody's short sleeve sweatshirt that he wears to the beach. Oh yeah, she's like, "Why would he wear a, sh- a short sleeve sweatshirt? Just put like a t-shirt on." Um, yeah. So I was like, I, "I," she was like, oh, "I like his short sleeve sweatshirt." I started typing. She's like, "Are you putting it in?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll mention it." I. I feel like when Mrs. Kittner slapped Brody, it's so mm. fucking undeserved because he tried to do his job. Yeah, right. But and do the right think, thing. But I don't think that they know that. No, not no. Um So yeah, it's undeserved. Like, like, but... So like if anyone should be getting slapped, it's the piece of shit mayor with the fucking nautical jacket. Slap the anchors right off his jacket. Yeah, slap the anchors right off that man's chest. Um <laughs> Um, I like I like I like in the in the scene where uh, uh, old Dickie D comes into uh, the it's like kind of like a shed where Brody is to introduce himself. Oh yeah, and Brody throws something at the window to get the cops' attention outside. The cop yeah. just turns to the window and just waves and smiles. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 other the deputy is great. Um, another big difference uh, between the movie and the book in the book. Um, Brody's wife, Brody and his wife are like kind of like, like unhappily married, and um, they like she was like she was she like, came from like a like an upper middle class to like lower upper class family like she was like a New York socialite basically, and um, like then she, now she's married to to Brody and like you know she doesn't lead that glamorous life anymore and she kind of resents him for it. And um, 
apparently when she meets Hooper, she realizes that she used to date Hooper's older brother. Mm-hmm. And then uh, over the course of the book, begins to have an extramarital affair with Hooper as an oh. attempt to like recapture her youthful dates. Yeah, unnecessary again. In the, that's yeah. the kind of stuff that you know f- fills out a book, but you don't need it in a in a movie. Yeah, um, I, I, gotta, I gotta say we're we're not there yet, but like, um, I wasn't expecting like literally like the last half of this book movie. Um, uh, it's just out on that boat. I wasn't expecting that. Oh yeah. What's funny is in the book, um, at the end of every day, like the three of them come back to land and like they're not on the boat for like you know a few days. Yeah, I was very sharp. I was very confused as to how far away from the land they were getting. Because it seemed like they were just going. When the shark is supposed to be dangerous because he's so close to the shore, and then they're, they're literally like a day and a half out to sea, and the shark is. But then when the the boat, um, you know, sinks, they're like within kicking distance of the. Oh well, if you remember correctly, when the ship sinks, they're on their way in. Well, yeah, but like they not have the they, they have the they shark tied in, to the boat. But they spent an entire day and like almost a whole night going out to sea, and I feel like the, the the time they spend actively returning doesn't seem proportionate. No, probably not. Um, I like the line, I can do anything, I'm the chief of police. Do you Sorry. remember this one? Uh, vaguely. I was, uh, I was just wrangling a baby. It's when, um, it's when uh, Hooper comes over to dinner to basically tell them that, like, the shark that the guys caught during the day they're looking for. And, um... And he really uh, stands like, this isn't... He's like, this is not the shark you're looking for. And then they go, oh, that's not the shark we're looking for. (laughs) Um... But yeah, um... Brody says that he wants to go to where they have the shark that the guys caught and cut it open to see... Um, uh, Brody says it, uh, not Brody, Hooper says it earlier in the, in the movie, um, shark's digestive systems work really slowly, so anything that is eaten in the past, like, 24 hours is still going to be in its stomach. So if it ate the little Kittner boy, the little Kittner boy is still going to, they're going to find pieces of the Kittner boy in the, in the shark's stomach. So they go, they, Brody says, we're going to, we should go, we're going to go cut the shark open. And his wife says, like, oh, is it, are you allowed to do that? And he's like, I'm the chief of police. I can do whatever I want. Right, 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 yeah. Uh, I have a question, like, uh, why is that shark full of white? Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's some reason. Yeah, there has but... to be, but it looks like he just drank, like, eight gallons of milk. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, keep... Keep talking about the shark and stuff. I gotta change the diaper real quick off off uh, out of range. So just keep talking about the movie. Um, I like in the when the scene where they're like dissecting the shark. He pretty much says sharks are basically just like swimming garbage cans. Like he pulls a fucking license plate out of the shark. Like that's like it's crazy that it's like the animals like they're so dumb 
that they'll just eat anything, like, even if it's not food, like, it's amazing that, like, more sharks don't die from eating dumb shit. I then, it, was like, kind of, it was kind of ridiculous that he's like, oh, the shark's from Louisiana. Well, no, he doesn't say, like, oh, the shark's from Louisiana. He says it, exactly what I thought the shark came from the gulfs and, like, str- swam north. Because he's an old Like, he knows sharks are going to live. Well, I, I, no, because he definitely went, ah, you see the beads in the shark's stomach? He was a party drop. <laughs> I remember that specifically. He was like, oh, yeah, this is a Cajun shark. Yeah. Um, I'm, sorry, I'm still changing the diaper. I just had to, I'm juggling babies all over the place. Dude, you're, you're, you're breaking up a little bit. No, you're breaking up. Um, right, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. That was... I'm just so stressed, you know. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I love you. I wish, um, I wish I, I wish I knew more, like Latin names for animals. I can't see how that talent would come in handy. It wouldn't, but it just seems like fun information to have. Um, I really, I think I mentioned before on the podcast how I really hate the shore. I do not like going to the beach. I would think that a beach town that's only accessible by a ferry is just a hellish existence. I think anything just available, like accessible by a ferry is bad because it's like literally like boat travel is like like the. I feel like it's just the the slowest. Like you're the, you're gonna have to wait the longest. Yeah, the only ferry I'm willing to take is the ferry to the Magic Kingdom. Am I right? Uh, I used to. Take, we used to uh, when we go down, we would take the ferry boat from our hotel to Disney Springs, which was also always a nice ride. Hmm. I never took a boat. Oh no, you know, I took a boat from Magic Kingdom. I never took it to Magic Kingdom because we had to yeah, go but- to. We had to go to the Wilderness Lodge or Fort Wilderness, whichever one it was that has the uh, the hoop de do review. Sure, it's a nice dinner. Um, it's the longest running um, theater uh, show in the country. Oh, fun! Yeah, it, it's like um, a little. Uh, it's like a little interactive. They bring people up on stage to do things. It's like a little, you know, little old western vaudeville kind of thing. They do skits and songs and stuff. Exciting. And here's here's the best part of it. It's the only restaurant I've ever been to down there that has uh, all-you-can-drink beer. Really? Yeah, because it, it's, a, it's a family-style meal, so you get just like plates of like fried chicken and cornbread and all that kind of stuff, and then pitchers of wine and beer. Oh, fun. Very expensive, though. I can imagine. Obviously. But yeah. it's, a, it's a good time. Anyway. Um, this is a Disney talk. Why, um, why, save that for Disney movie, Summer Disney Club with Alex uh, coming up. Um, oh, yeah. Is, yeah. We, we gotta get that thing off the ground. Yeah, seriously. Um, I don't understand why when, um, the, when they're, like, the beach is open and everything, 
and like all the lifeguards are like calling for like the shark and everything. Brody tells them not to use whistles. Oh yeah, what the fuck is that about? Do sharks like whistles? Yeah, apparently. Dude, oh, or, or here's the thing: Do they hate whistles? Oh, that's what it is. It drives them crazy. It's like don't don't use whistles. Uh, uh, the fucking the shark's gonna get pissed. He's gonna eat someone out of spite. He's not even hungry. You know what I think it is actually. Uh, uh, to avoid the, exactly what happens is to, to avoid a panic mm. and a rush because we see yeah. old people getting trampled. They might have been old. They could have been fourteen years old. Who knows? It's the seventies. Yeah, no one knows. Um, but I think I think that. But it's like poorly, poorly explained and, and rationalized. But that's just like that's what I figured. Yeah. Um. I like the fact that the shark waits till after the fake shark attack to really attack. Yeah, he's, he's just biding his time. He's I, like, I, I, like this... to imagine, I like to imagine that the shark paid those two kids off. Yeah. He gave them the uh, the fake fin. Yeah, he made the fin himself. Yeah. That's why it looks so realistic. Uh, um, yeah. Zach, do you know his name is? Bruce. Yes. Which, Which is, is why they named the shark in Finding Nemo. Yeah, so that's why they named the shark in Finding Nemo Bruce, because he's a great white, and that was the name of the mechanical shark that they built for this movie. Named after Steven Spielberg's lawyer. Exactly. Named Bruce Lawyer. <laughs> um, you had mentioned earlier in the hospital how the doctor looks like he's like 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, the so, nurse that's with that doctor is kind of cute. Um, I was sitting next to my wife, Adam. I didn't notice that kind of thing. I couldn't know. I didn't even see half of this movie because I kept looking lovingly into her eyes. That's understandable. Um, um, do you remember the good old days Zach, where you could smoke in a hospital? Yeah. I worked at a nursing home in 2005. That I, I think a year or two before I started working there, Employees could still smoke in the cafeteria. No shit, really. Yeah, that's weird. Like it, it was, like it was a like recent enough when I started working there where I never heard anybody complain. But people that were pissed about it would probably still be pissed about it. Yeah. Um. Uh, I, I like um. I it's at this point in the movie where um. They, 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 the the mayor agrees to hire Quint to, um, to to kill the shark, and then Quint just proceeds to steal the rest of this movie. Yeah, like anytime he is on screen, he he's the, just the best thing that's happening in this movie. Can um, I tell you my favorite my favorite Quint? What's up? Is when Brody's wife calls on the comm. Oh yeah, and he goes. He's all fine. He's busy. We'll be home by dinner. See you later. He's like, we got a couple of stripers. We'll be home by dinner. We'll see you later. Um, I like uh my first my first Quint uh note is um he says here's to swimming with bow legged women. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he's he's got um like when he's when he's trying to figure out if like Hooper is worthy enough to come on the trip. He asks him to tie. I can't remember what type of line he ties him. Tells him to tie. He tells him to tie a specific knot, 
And then, like, he's, like, looking at his hands, and he's like, you got city hands, Mr. Hooper. Been counting money all your life. <laughs> like, um, he's just so awesome. I have a uh, – one of my notes is, is not even just – it's not even really about uh, – oh, wait, wait, wait. When Oh, when Brody's leaving um, – I might be jumping a little bit. But when Brody's leaving and he tells his wife not to use the fireplace in the den. Yeah. I want to know what's going on with that fireplace. Why can't she use the fireplace in the den? I think he mentions he has to clean the flue. Oh, never mind, though. Um, Mystery solved. Somebody write Unsolved Mysteries and tell them to cancel the episode about the fireplace in Brody's den. Yeah. This Um, mystery's been solved. My my next two quotes are both also... uh, Notes are both... um, are both uh, Quint quotes. Quint quotes featuring Adam and Zach. Um, I love the exchange where um, uh, uh, Hooper is like loading up the boat and Quint's like giving him shit for all the equipment and he's like you go inside the cage cage goes in the water you go in the water shark's in the water our shark it's just so like like menacing and condescending mm-hmm. at the same time I think they call that uh, condescending kind of menacing. Um, I, I was not happy with what I just said. I wasn't happy with it. Yeah. I, in my head, it was going to come out better and then my mouth did that and I wasn't pleased with it. <laughs> um, I'm also a big fan of Quint um, constantly singing Farewell and Adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell, you ladies of Spain. You you oh, I Spain. don't like how he doesn't, he doesn't complete the rhyme properly. What do you mean? It says the rhyme couplet. Yeah, tell the kid to shut the fuck up. I know, right? She got a banana. Shut up, eat your banana. Eat your fucking banana. Uh, the end of the rhyming couplet is the words uh, Spain and again, which don't rhyme unless you no. pronounce it again as again. Which I think he does. He doesn't. He does. No, because it pissed me off when he did it. Uh. Um, he might later, but the first time he does, he definitely does not um, complete the rhyme couplet properly. Um, I have a note about the beer that Quint drinks. Oh, um, the awesome fucking top! I, like Sly Fox does that. The, the, the oh, whole, the top, the whole pop of the top of the can pops off. Yeah, yeah, it's rad as shit. I love that. I love the face that Hooper makes at Quint. Where, like, he sticks his pinkies in his mouth oh. and pulls his mouth apart. Yeah, that was weird. He's yeah, just making faces at him. Yeah. Dreyfus is the only one in this movie that looks age-appropriate, I think. Yeah. Dreyfus is, like, 28 here, I think. Yeah, he's, I think he's supposed to be, like, mid to late 20s. Yeah. But he looks, um, he looks fresh and young. Yeah. Not beat down by the cigarettes and sun of the 70s. I, um... I think the reveal of the shark is one of the best reveals of a character in it. What, when Brody's chumming? Yeah. By the way, chumming is what I call it when you and me hung out because we're chums and pals. Yeah. Just chumming it up. If you're hanging out chumming with it up, you're chumming the water. Chumming, chumming it up with my bro. Yeah. Um, I like... Um, 
you were talking about the the shot you liked of um, uh, when Brody was reading the book. One of my favorite shots in the movie is when um, Quint is trying to shoot a harpoon into the shark so he could like attach a bucket uh, barrel to him. Telling mm-hmm. Hooper something and like, and then like Hooper ends up fucking up. And then the shot of Quint sitting at the very end of like that little like outshoot off the boat. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that kid doing? Uh, the shark from Jaws is here. Oh. And she's, she's, she's terrified, terrified, frankly. Nah. I just ate my son. Nah. Okay. Who got very got very excited when the shark when the shark started being like full shark. Like we could like see it was a shark instead of just like you know, you could mistake it for two kids with a board and a fin on it. Yeah. Um or you would run to everybody in the room and was like, look a shark. I was like, Yes, <laughs> you idiot. We know. It's it's Jaws. Um uh, we, we were expecting the shark. Now sit down and shut up. Um, um, oh, I was I was impressed. Like, I feel like I learned more about uh, uh, big game fishing than than uh, I was anticipating. Like the whole setup that Quint has for like the rod when the when he's gonna, like he's like he straps himself in and then he hooks himself up to the reel. Oh yeah. He puts it I was like, oh this is all very interesting. And then yeah. um the whole thing with the barrel. I had pieced that together myself like what was going on. I was like, why is he shooting him with a barrel? I was like, ah, so it fills up with water and he can't bring it down. No, so it, it, the barrel is filled with air. Is it the barrel's empty. Well whatever. You know what I mean. Fills with water. Yeah. Fills fills with whatever. But anyway, can't bring it, it down. Fills with, with hopes and dreams. Um, it's filled. Another filled scene, the, the prayers that the shark goes away. Yeah. Another scene in this movie that's been recreated um, is uh, the scene where they're all sitting in the cabin of the boat um, discussing their scars. Oh, yeah. This, this, um, uh, I, I, I'm sure I have seen uh, confirmation of this and don't remember exactly, but this is obviously the uh, genesis of the. Uh, comparing uh, pussy eating scars in um, Chasing Amy, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Kevin Smith has actually said it. Like somebody, somebody said that it was like an homage to the opening scene of uh, Reservoir Dogs. Um, and he's like, "No, man, that's 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 Jaws. That's that's when they're sitting in the boat talking about scars and shit. Like mm. even the." Even the the topic of discussion is the same thing in the movie in Chasing Amy. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm sure I've seen um, confirm like Kevin Smith confirm that. Like I'm sure that's on some evening with or something. But uh, yeah. I, it, you could obviously see the excuse me the uh, the um, the threads that tie the two together. Yeah. The fact um, that Quint in the scene, I, I was confused why, like, no one mentions the fact that they had Joey Lauren Adams play Quint in this scene. And then just it's right back to the to what's his name after the scene. It's very confusing. I thought it was a whole different movie. <laughs> the joke being that Joey Lauren Adams is not in Jaws. 
I hate you so much. She but she isn't chasing him. She plays a Kittner boy. Um, for, for all I know, she played the Kittner's mom. And then, like, that's just what a, a seven-year-old child looked like in 1975. And then, yeah. then she grew up to be Joey Lauren Adams. Who knows? There's no, there's no way to tell how old no anybody one, is. No one knows for sure. Um, you gotta we do know, we do know for a fact that in the seventies, Joey Lauren Adams was not a child. She was attending a high school in Texas. Uh, yeah, as we saw in, uh, we, we, we saw part of the recounting of her last day of junior year of, of high school. Yeah. Um, the, um, I love the tone, the change in the tone when, um, like they're all joking about like their scars and shit and like. Richard Dreyfus like says like the girl broke his heart, and then Brody asks Quint what the scar in his arm is, and Quint says it's it's a it's from a tattoo he got removed because he was on the USS Indianapolis. No, I'm and confused. The tone about... the... Okay, I'm uh, sorry. Fisher point. I say the tone of this scene just does like a beautiful one eight. Um. Yeah, I enjoyed the monologue. You had mentioned the monologue at post show last week when we were talking about what our top five this week was going to be. You said monologue. I was unfamiliar with the monologue um, because, uh, as I've said, I had never seen the movie. I like that wasn't one of the like uh, cultural touchstones that filtered its way down to me. Like certain yeah. things had been like we're going to need a bigger boat, and yeah. uh, and the the Roy Schneider. Uh, uh, zoom in. By the way, uh, you gave no response to me the other day when I texted you and told you that we were doing this movie for family movie night and that my, my snack was root beer floats. And I was calling it, uh, you're going to need a bigger float. I was probably working and I, I opened up the text and then and like didn't read it and then closed my phone. I, yeah, you probably texted me when I was working. I don't remember. Um, we also had goldfish. Because that doesn't sound familiar at all. Yeah. We're going to need a bigger float. Yeah. Because I'm a clever uh-huh. person. And you know how I like pun. Mm-hmm. But um, I think two of the two of the best deliveries in the movie come from that monologue. Um, the, um, the, the origin of my intro, the it has got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a Dallas eyes. Um, and also the, um, I also really enjoy the line. The second to last line in the, in the monologue is the, uh, 1100 men go into the water. 316 men come, come out. Sharks took the rest June the 29th, 1945. And then he pauses and he's like, but we delivered the bomb. Like, <laughs> you, uh, texted me the, uh, that line about the 1100 men and I was unfamiliar with the monologue. So I, I assumed it was right. So I, okay then. Yeah, um, I was uh, another interesting thing I learned from the documentary in regards to um, two things in regards to this monologue. Apparently, when it was written, it was like nine pages long, which is like I think they say like a page is like a minute of dialogue or something like that. I forget the ratio. Um, but um, apparently, Robert Shaw took it and edited it down to where it stands in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing I learned was like the, the, the whole, the whole thing about the USS Indianapolis was classified until like a couple years before the movie was made. Okay. Um, so, um, I forget who, who it was 
but somebody involved with the movie, it was either Steven Spielberg or one of the producers, they had like a maid that worked for them. And the maid called out because she had just seen Jaws. And she said, my son was on the USS Indianapolis. And now I know I never knew how he died. And now I do. Oh, that's fucked up. So, yeah, she was like, she fucking was so torn up about like figuring out that her son either if her son was if her son was lucky, he got he was killed on uh, the impact of the torpedoes. But more likely than not, he was one of the ones who either drowned to death or was eaten by a shark. Um, I, I'm glad I didn't make my joke before you finish your thought. Because, uh, like, I, I I had disconnected the story about the maid that you had started with what we were talking about with the Indianapolis. So when uh, you said the maid called out from work the next day because she had seen Jaws, my mind immediately went, it's like, did she think the shark was going to be there? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I'm glad I did not uh, interject when, when you were about to say something fucked up. Yeah. Um, another thing from this movie that has been recreated probably countless times is the show me the way show me the way to go home. Um, is, is it? Yeah. I feel like I've seen that a lot of times. Uh, but it's uh, specifically um, that's from this movie. That's not like a, a song that just, I, mean, no, I don't but know. Like, I, the, I just kind of part, part of the movie. I was kind of getting fatigued. Uh huh. I was kind of getting fatigued at this point, if I could be honest with you. You were fatigued. Yeah, with the like with the movie. Like I, I, as movies get longer and longer, I'm kind of like, uh, you know, I mean, I was still paying attention, but I wasn't like as locked in as I had been. To, to be honest with you, I was more locked in and more interested in the on the land stuff. Once I got onto the ocean. Mm-hmm. I kind of found myself not as interested, even though Quint's a good character and there's some real good moments in it. Yeah. Uh, it becomes more actiony, and I'm not like really into like actiony kind of yeah stuff. Um, so um, yeah, I mean, uh, still, I mean, I, I, like I said, I told you, I liked it, but like I didn't, like I wasn't dialed into certain. Like the show me the way to go home. I remember that song happening. I just don't remember like a specific, like exactly the scenario um, in which it was sung and what it meant to the movie and all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, do you, by any chance, were you paying attention well enough to notice the shooting star behind Birdie's head? Was that the red streak? Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned that to my wife because then she said she saw it in the next wide shot. <laughs> She saw it again. No, apparently, apparently the the shooting star in Jaws is completely real, right? Um, but apparently, Steven Spielberg. Um, I learned this from watching Cinemasins. Apparently, Steven Spielberg edits that shooting star into like all of his movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I, because I, I, Becky had said like, "Oh, there it is again," in the next like shot, and I did not see it. Uh, so I don't, I don't know for sure if it was. Yeah. Um. That that shark is a sneaky motherfucker. 
Yeah, he's kind of like um, the underwater version of the T Rex. Yeah. In Jurassic Park. Maybe that's where uh, Steven's got the, that concept of sneaky big things. Probably. Um, yeah, the, the shark, uh, T Rex, uh, Ralph Fiennes in Schindler's List. Yeah. Uh, Zach, I, I love your children, but I'm going to kill them. I'm, I'm seriously. I'm going to kill them. Okay. And it's, it's like, sh- sit down and stop stop being a child. Yeah. Be an adult for once. Seriously. Um, is going to inject the shark with the same poison that Mondo Burger was putting in Good Burger's secret recipe? I hope, I hope to God not. That's just going to be an even bigger shark. Yeah. Let's murder that child. Let's see, let's sacrifice your child to the shark side. Sorry for the interruption, but let's have a quick word from our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Uh, sorry about that. I have uh, children, and as science has shown, children are awful. And yeah. don't have them. Like, if you have a choice between having them and don't having them, don't have them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's... let's uh, I don't have a ton more notes left. Where would where would where would we left off? Uh... Uh, I was talking about the um, I was talking about the, uh, the 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 shark poison that Hooper is going to inject the shark with. Oh right, and you hope it's not the Mondo bird. Yeah. Um, the, I, a couple uh, too many shots of close up of Dreyfus's eyes in the goggles. Yeah. Like, I feel, feel like there's like six quick cut close ups of Dreyfus's eyes. Yeah, and he just, he's got fucking butterfingers underwater, dude. He drops everything. Um, he can't well, hold getting, something underwater to save his life. He's getting shark rammed. I, I mean, I can't say that I would probably do much better. Yeah. Um, the, the next time we see the shark, the shark just jumps onto the boat. Yeah. It's just like, let me drive. Um, um, there's a um, oh, there's, did, there's a did, I forgot before he goes under d- down in the cage, the, the boat overheats. Yeah, was that the shark's plan? It certainly seems like, it. yeah, the shark knew that they were having engine trouble. <laughs> oh, I, another note because now I, I said I had very little few notes, but now, now I'm realizing I had other things I want to talk about. Um, I love how Quint has various weapons hiding around. The boat in different, like against different walls. Yeah. Like at certain points, he grabs machetes off of, like hidden behind a wall. Another point, he grabs like a, a like a sawed-off baseball bat, almost like a, like a club. Do you know, do you know what that's for? The the baseball bat. Thing? Yeah. Uh, beaten fish. Yeah. Cool. That's a hundred percent. That's a hundred percent. When you get like one of the go, like when you get like a big like game fish on board. And it's like thrashing around and shit. You beat it to death, so it stops doing that. Fishing is cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, shark jumps in the boat. Uh, what else happens? Um, is it this point where um, where Quint gets eaten? And they I have guess, a. I have another note about how he graphically gets eaten, and this is a PG movie. Yeah. They have a um a Funko pop figure of Quint getting getting eaten by the shark. And um 
I've seen it where it's just Quint in the shark's mouth. And I've also seen like a Funko Pop sculpture that's like the the shark on the boat eating Quint. Um, the one that's just the shark with Quint in his mouth, I guess, is like incredibly rare now because I couldn't find it for like less than two hundred dollars on on uh, on the internet. Um, you didn't you didn't spend two hundred dollars on it, right? Huh? You didn't spend two hundred dollars on it, correct? No, no, I did not. Okay. I spent six hundred dollars on it. Oh wow! You found it for two, but you're like, no, I want to give them more. Yeah, <laughs> they deserve it. Um, it's like, good job, guys. Here's a four hundred dollar um, tip. They, uh, we have, um, we have Chief Brody saving the day by um, delivering the line, "Smile, you son of a bitch," and shooting oh. the tank that is in the shark's mouth. I Best. didn't know how the movie ended. Blowing up the shark. Having no, no, I mean, yeah, I know that now. Having having not seen the movie before, I wasn't sure how it ended, how they killed the shark. Um, the scene, it's not the scene where he drops the tank and then Hooper like chastises him, but yeah. like later on, this like a little bit later, the the boat rocks or something, and like the tank flies and hits like uh, like a. Like not very far. Like it just jolts forward and hits like a like a ladder or something. Yeah. It was at that point I was like, they blow the shark up. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't know I mean, if it... I, I was watching. Um, I was watching Cinema Sins right before we started recording, and um, they were talking about that the scene where Hooper like chastises them, and he specifically says like you mess with those tanks and they'll blow up, and the Cinema Sins guy just comes on and is like, there's some good foreshadowing for it. Yeah, I didn't think of it at that point, but it was the second instance of seeing the tanks jolt and, like, potentially blow up. So I was yeah. like, oh, okay, they're going to blow the shark up. Yeah. Um, and let me tell you, dude, they – my last note is they fucked that shark up. Yeah, they blew it up, man. They blew the fuck out of that shark. Uh, my last note is about how they – they blow the shark up, and then the movie itself, not the characters, the movie itself just gets out of Dodge. They're like, all right, shark's done. End of movie. Yeah. They don't even get back to land before the movie ends. Yeah, they're just kicking back to land. Yeah. Like, they don't even it's... have, like, a sentimental, like, we lost Quint. He just says Quint, and no. uh, Roy Schreider just shakes his head no. And then yeah. he goes, can we float on those? And then the movie yeah, done. The movie almost goes, like, well, we know you're here for the shark, and that's gone. So we'll just we'll just end that. We'll end it now. Yeah. Um. Overall, like I said, it was fine. I uh, probably won't watch it again unless there's like some like you know special circumstances. I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna be sitting. I don't even know. There would be very few instances where I would, if I was flipping through the channels and saw it was on TV. That I would put oh, it on. It's one of those movies that if I see it's on TV, I put it on. Maybe if I like, maybe I would flip to it if it's like close to like the Quint stuff, or like we're like, uh, like like the like the the monologue and stuff. I might throw it on and leave it on for a few minutes. But it's 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 not one of those got to put it on when I see it's on kind of movies. They um, have um, they talked about it in the documentary that I watched. They have a I don't know if they have it annually. Or if they just had it the one year for like the anniversary of it, um, but they had a Jaws fest and like 
they had like people like went to they shot the movie in um, Martha's Vineyard and um, they people like migrated there for Jaws Fest and um, they had like a big ass like per- they had like a big ass screening of it and it was like essentially like how people watch um, essentially how people watch Rocky Horror Picture Show that's how people were watching this like they were like uh, like saying Throw, the lines out loud with the movie and throwing stuff and, like, uh, deflated bloody rafts at the screen exactly yeah um, um, and then uh, there's some other interesting stuff like, uh, like people are hardcore Jaws fans. Um, they talk about like how they they go to like they go to where they shot the movie and like they're the um, not the boat that they shot the the majority of the movie on, but the boat that um, they used for for when for the finale. Um, that it sinks and and, re- and resurfaces on command. Um, mm-hmm. That boat was like sitting on a beach somewhere on the island, and apparently, like people would like people would go and like, it's on private property, so people would go and like trespass to go take a picture on the orca, and um, or the orca two as they called it. Um, and like people, apparently people have just like picked it clean. Like basically it's just like a fiberglass shell at this point. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, do people go fucking crazy for this movie? Mm. Uh, which I'm sure if you're of a certain age, it was a, a cultural, cultural milestone, like a, yeah. like a touchstone. Um, didn't hit for me the way I uh, I was led to believe it would based on um, you know based on the, the hype and the, the legendary status rather. Yeah. Um, I mean, something I think the most interesting thing about the movie is the reason why, like, the movie. I think what makes the movie what it is is the fact that you don't see the shark as much as they originally intended you to. Which is crazy because the second half of the movie, you you're seeing like you might as well see that shark's dick, like you're seeing like a ton of that shark. Yeah, it jumps um, on the boat and like hangs out for a minute. Yeah, the um, the the documentary I watched, I said it was called the shark. The shark is still working. Um, it's a allusion to apparently on the set they had a lot of difficulties, um, with the animatronic shark, um. And they would communicate on the set with walkie-talkies. And Richard Dreyfus talks about it in the um, uh, in the documentary how he remembers hearing over the walkie-talkies, "The shark is not working." Um, yeah, apparently they and Steven Spielberg actually comments on it. And he said he's happy that the shark didn't work as well as they hoped it would because he feels like he would have ended up ruining the movie had he well, been able to use yeah, the shark more. Than I will did. say. One of the things I was disappointed in is um, one of the things I felt was built up is the incredible tension that is like that that there is, especially from not seeing the shark and and I didn't feel it was very tense. I didn't feel like it was a very tense movie. But if the shark is like fucking coming out of the water in the first half of the movie, like uh, hello my darling, hello like you know like yeah. she can Jay Frog in it around like. 
whatever little tension I felt there was would have been like dissipated. That would, have, that would have been such a good movie if the shark just comes out. You know what? Now that I say it, I think I might have liked it better if the, the shark. Like, what, would you, what, would you prefer, what would you have preferred if the shark did? What'd you say? His name was his, the, shark, the frog's name is Michigan J Frog. Yeah. Shark to do a Michigan J Frog and do a Hello My Baby, Hello My Honey. Or would you have preferred the shark to do a Young Frankenstein put on the Ritz? Oh, well, of course, putting on the Ritz. Yeah. Like Quint and the shark do a dance number. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, so, I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah. Um, um, so are we done? Are we, are we moving on? Yeah, I was gonna say what um what did we decide to do for our, um, our new top our five top segment, five. the movie club countdown. Uh, uh, we uh we're we're just gonna talk real quick about uh, our top five Spielberg movies. Um, such an now, iconic character. I don't think you mentioned earlier in the podcast, but friend of the podcast, Steven Spielberg. Uh, what are you doing? Et. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, which is not on his my fucking list. production company's logo is fucking ET and Elliot riding in front of the moon. Fuck your production company logo is ET, you piece of shit. Don't, your, don't chastise me. Your mother's production company. That's true. She's co founder. Yeah, um, she's the co founder of Amblin. Uh, I'm going to let you go first because mine is a bit, uh, from what I understand, yours is a little more traditional in the sense of, you know, movies you think of when you think of Spielberg, and mine's a little. Uh, not so. Um, you go ahead and uh, give me uh, your uh, your top five in no particular order. Steven Spielberg directed. Yeah, these are specifically movies directed because he's produced a fuck ton. Um, my I actually have six. Come to Adam. This is the second week in a row. I are, know. Are, are are we gonna follow the rules of the segment at least once? Or we just every week going to be a, a piece of shit. Segment, so I can I can I can bend the rules as I please. Um, my uh, God damn! I have six, including Jaws. Like with last week, I tried to leave Back to the Future off the list. Um, but I, I so I added Jaws as like an addendum. Um, but I have uh, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, it was kind of a toss-up. I was like, I was like, I love all of the Indiana Jones movies aside from Crystal Skull. So I had to decide, and I narrowed it down to Last Crusade is my favorite of the Indiana Jones movies. You had said your your uh, your picks were controversial, but I feel like saying that Last Crusade is the best of the three Indiana Jones uh, movies is a bit of a controversial stance. I think what it boils down to is I think I saw Last Crusade first. It's it's not as as controversial as saying like you prefer Crystal Skull, but yeah. uh, I've heard a few people. I've heard a few people mention that Last Crusade is better. Don't get me wrong. Was one of them Shia LaBeouf? Yeah, Raiders is Raiders is phenomenal. I love Raiders of the Lost Ark, Um, but I don't know. I think I think what it is is my first exposure to the series was Last Crusade and like, it's like when you listen to a band, the first album you hear from that band is always going to be your favorite like um, so yeah, I have I can, think of a, I can think of a band where that's not true huh? That's generally true but I, I, I immediately a thought came to mind of a band that that's not true for me who's that? Coheed and Cambria what was the first album you heard from them? 
Keeping Secrets. Keeping Secrets was the first you heard, and I'm assuming um, Second Stage is your favorite. Yeah. Yes, I can see that. That Kemper Valorium trio kind of like drags it down a bit for me. Yeah, that whole segment. Yeah. I I would say uh, there are certain songs on Keeping Secrets that I like more than anything. Well, not everything, anything, but most of, of Second Stage Turbine. But as a whole piece of of, uh, of art to be digested, uh, I find I enjoy listening through Second Stage Turbine Blade more than uh, Keeping Secrets Son of Three. I feel like I've listened to Keeping in Keeping Secrets more than I've listened to Second Stage Turbine Blade. Um, but we're not talking about Cody and Kimberly now, is that? No, that'll be next week. Next week's week. top five is top five Cody and Kimberly songs. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so all right. So we've got through. Uh, so got, what's what's number two on your list of eleven songs in our top five countdown? Not yeah. songs, uh, movies we, in our top five countdown. Uh, we got Last Crusade, uh, Jurassic Park, the original, okay. uh-huh. uh, Saving Private Ryan, okay. Catch Me If You Can, uh-huh. and Ready Player One. Okay, I have. We only have one matching movie. And no, two. I'm sorry, Catch two. Me if you can. No, we have two. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's not, actually. I also have Jurassic Park and Saving Private Ryan. Oh, gosh. I then have The Terminal. Oh, with uh, the Tom Hanks. Uh, when he's trapped in the airport. I very much enjoyed that, even though it's not universally thought of as a great movie. I, I enjoyed it. I have Lincoln. The uh, the Daniel Day-Lewis. The DDL? Yeah, the, the, the double DL. And a bit of a, I'm, I'm going to say this is, I'm going to admit this is a bit of a cheat, but it's not really. Uh, the Twilight Zone, the movie. He only directs one segment of that. What segment does he direct? The one where the old people become young. Uh, um, not even the best segment of that movie. Um, but I enjoy his segment and looking at his, his like filmography, there's not, I enjoyed catch me if you can, but it was, I enjoy Twilight Zone, the movie better. Mm. Uh, really nothing from his eighties run that I really like go crazy about. Um, I haven't seen Schindler's list. That's another one of my like film blind spots. I I feel um... like that, like given everything they say about that movie and the kind of movies I like, um, I feel like that might end up on the list if I were to have seen that before we did this podcast. I feel like I watched uh, I watched Schindler's List in like American history or world history class in high school. Sounds about right. Um, um, so again, it, and it's 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 unfortunate that the length of that movie it's it's a like it's one of those where like if you're finally going to sit down and watch it, that's that's what you're doing that night. Yeah. Because um, it's like I mean, three hours long. It's three hours long, and I'm sure you're not going to feel like do. You're not going to feel like going out to the bar and having a good time after watching Schindler's List. Like it seems that you have a complete misunderstanding of which side of that conflict I was on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm real bummed because I know how it ended up and who lost. Right. Um, Zach's name is actually spelled with SS bolts instead of a Z. Yeah. 
Um, so that was the top five for this week. Any, any, any specific? Uh, I think every Jurassic Park and Saber Prime Ryan. I think everyone can agree on. Um, yeah. He's all, a British player. One I literally cannot bring muster myself to care. It's um. I I find it. I I, I find it fun. It's it's um. It's. It, it reminds me very much like the um, when the Space Jam New Legacy trailer came out, and everyone's like, "Look at all the fucking little cameos that are in it!" Like, that's that's what Ready Player One is. The entire fucking movie of Ready Player One is the cameo section of the Space Jam trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so many little Easter eggs thrown into Ready Player One that, like, watching it, like you see, I feel like you see something different every time you see it. Um, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, um, Zach and I had discussed doing uh, top five monologues um, this movie because I love Quinn's monologues so much. And Zach, you said you had like two or three on your list? See, now now that I'm talking about it, uh, just, just throwing out, uh, the one I remember for sure was Al Pacino's speech, uh, like uh, locker room speech in, in Any Given Sun. Uh, just throwing out there... Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's "I'm Not Going Anywhere" monologue. Yeah, in, in Wolf of Wall Street. Um, you had mentioned the Fight Club. There's some good ones in yeah. there. There's the yeah the the Fight Club. The, I, the rules of Fight Club is the one that I specifically had. Um, uh, I also had uh, Samuel Jackson's Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. Right. Um, I feel like I had other ones that I just are not are no longer coming to mind. Um, I was thinking. Me and Matt Dalton were talking about this the other day at work, and we were trying to come up with like movies that have monologues in it. And it wasn't on any of the lists. I've never actually even seen the movie, but just this, 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 these lines hold sentimental value to me because of the the first time I ever listened to Taking Back Sunday, uh, Great Romance of the Twentieth Century had Michael Rappaport's um, "A Beautiful Girl Can Make You Dizzy Like You've Been Drinking Jack and Coke All Morning." Um, in front of it. Oh, I just and, remembered one. You, you just uh, got finished, but you just uh, you just sprung my memory of, of, of what I definitely have on the list. But good. Yeah, oh, no, I was cool. done. What, what, what did I spring? Uh, Kevin Smith's Chasing Amy monologue. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like you, yeah. Chasing Amy. Silent Bob. Silent Bob monologue, yeah. Um, I had another one that I don't think is really. Um, what was I about to think that I don't think is actually not a straight monologue because it's inter- it's cut with. I mean, there's the, it's it's, I don't think it's a true monologue because I think it's it's cut with dialogue. But but John Cusack's uh, breakdown of his top five breakups. Oh yeah, um, I did the model in the book. It's written as a as a straight monologue as a like no dialogue. It's just like the the narration. Yeah, I did that in my. We needed to do a um, a monologue from a from something uh, in uh, my high school uh, public speaking class, and I did that. That whole uh, speed that did, did the whole top five. That's right, uh, and I got a, an A. But I think in the movie it's broken out with dialogue, isn't it? Like not a ton, um, like but like just like the various flashbacks have. Yeah, no, definitely. What like, happens is, at the what very happens least, is, 
Laura walks out and he turns around and starts going through the list. And he's 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 yelling at Laura, who's no longer there. Um, so like he's talking to her, but she's not there anymore. So technically, I was still considering a monologue. Well, no, what I mean is like the whole monologue in the book is literally him going one through five, starting yeah. with the girl that broke up with him, like after a day and a half when they were like 12, leading up to Laura. In the movie, there's dialogue breaking it up from the flashbacks of the relationship. Oh, yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. So it's not a true straight-through monologue. Um, um, something that wasn't, me and Matt had looked up a list of like top 20 monologues for movies, and something that we were both surprised wasn't on the list, something that you just recently watched was Alec Baldwin's um, Oh, good, good, good. good. Because, again, not sure it's nece- it's a full monologue. I think I think he has some dialogue with Ed Harris in there. Yeah, that makes it and Jack Lemmon that makes the it list, a, not a the, true um, monologue. The list that we had looked up had included um, in the Big Lebowski when like Jeff Bridges is talking about like he's like I'm the dude, so you would as so you know like call me El Duderino or Duder. That's listed as a monologue, and I feel like that whole thing is an intercut with dialogue. So I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie in a very long time, and I've only seen it once or twice. I can't even. I can't picture even yeah. the the layout of that scene. Yeah. Like I, I we're sitting at the like at the at the, the guy's desk, right? Like bring yeah. yeah. Like I I remember where I just can't remember. Um, yeah, like I'm sure there's. As when you said Big Bad, I'm sure there's like some Cohen brothers. Oh, um, Tommy Lee Jones and No Country for Country for Old Men was talking about the dream at the end about the dream he had of his father. That's a good one. Oh uh, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Daniel Day Lewis at the end of um, the uh, Drink Your Milkshake. That's a whole monologue, I believe. But I don't think Paul Dano has any, any input in that. That's a good one, but. Yeah, I, I think Spielberg was the way to go for this week. We're going to, we, me and Adam independently, not independently, off the air decided that the topic each week will be decided by the person hosting. So, uh, um, I, I'm going to definitely try to, as we go on, depending on the movie, try to get a little outside the box. I don't want to be as obvious as, oh, we're doing Jaws, let's do the top five Spielberg movies. Yeah. Um, so and I, I think even just the, the next two weeks, uh, I think are going to be uh, a little more outside the box. Before we get to what we're going to be talking about movie-wise next week, Adam, uh, what have you been watching this week? Aside from uh, you had mentioned uh, that documentary about Jaws, uh, is there anything yeah. else? Yeah, um, I actually so I finished. I finally finished my rewatch Game of Thrones. So I was actually able to mentally move on to other things um two of the things i feel like zach is i know for a fact zach mentioned one of them last week but i feel like he mentioned another one of them um before um i watched the woodstock 99 with the peace love and rage mm-hmm. i watched that um uh, apparently white men are the devil um that's what i learned um I watched, like I said, uh, the shark. It's crazy movie. how it's crazy how much we are. We really are. Yeah. We um, just we just finger girls that are just crowd surfing above us. Yeah. Uh, 
lighting shit on fire. But you know, there we have at least we have motivation. We know we know what we're doing it all for. Yeah. Which is which is what, Adam? Fred Durst. Well, the Nookie specifically. But... Yeah. Um, Did you see sure Fred Durst in all of these? Uh, the documentary that I watched is called "The Shark Is Still Working: The Impact and Legacy of Jaws." Um, it's currently on YouTube. You can watch it. It's like an hour and forty minutes long on YouTube. Um, I I enjoyed it. Um, I learned a, I learned uh, some stuff. If you send me the link, I'll try to remember to post it with the clip. Yeah. Um, and then the one thing that I, I believe Zach also mentioned before was uh, the stand-up special Drawn uh, by Tig Nicaro. I mentioned I didn't see it, but I, I mentioned yeah. it existed, yeah. Um, I watched that. I enjoyed it. Um, and we were, me and Alex were trying to figure out, there used to be a show on Comedy Central where they would do that. Where they would like make Oh, yeah, it was, it was Shorties Watching Shorties. No, Shorties Watching Shorties is the babies. Watching short clips of animated. Oh, was that what it was? Stand up, yeah. Because we said that, and, and both of us decided that it wasn't Shorties Watching Shorties. It was Shorties being babies watching Shorties being short clips of animated comedy. Um, yeah, it was Shorties Watching Shorties. But yeah, I watched. Drawing it was almost Day. like it was almost like a a Beavis and Butthead kind of yeah, thing. Kinda. If the Beavis and Butthead were babies and the music videos were animated as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I watched Drawn. Tintaro's Drawn, but I also watched the other stand-up special of hers on HBO Max called Boyish Girl Interrupted. Mm. Um, and then I watched something that was recommended by a friend of the podcast, Alex. Uh, was a movie called The Hunt. Have you ever seen this? Is that with Mads Mikkelsen? Who? Wait, maybe. What's The Hunt about? The Hunt is like a bunch of rich people kidnap a bunch of like oh, regular no. people. Different movie that I'm talking uncle. about. No, the one I'm talking about. I think it was. I think it was called something like that. It was a foreign movie starring Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, was, uh, you know, Hannibal on the TV show, um, where he was a, a a teacher at a daycare. Um, wait, is the hunt the one that got like super like pushed back because of like political reasons? I have no is, idea. Is Max Greenfield from New Guy in it? Yeah, wait, yeah, that's that movie. Who's Who's Max Greenfield? From New Guy? Uh, New girl, uh, uh, Schmidt isn't Schmidt in it? No, Schmidt's not in it. But Dennis from um, Always Sunny is in it. Dude, it's got like this crazy cat. It's like Dennis from Always Sunny. It's got the handsome brother from This Is Us. It's got okay. Emma Roberts. It's got Ethan Suplee. It's got Ike Barinholtz. Oh, the movie I'm talking about is called The Hunt. It just happens to be, but that was a foreign movie, so it was probably called like. Hold on, I'll tell you exactly what it's called. Um, uh, uh, shit. Uh, it was called Yakten. What was it called? Yakten. Um, which is give me Danish. a few seconds, and I'll tell you. Um, the actress. The, the actress that's in the hunt is. Uh, where 
where can I find her name? Betty Gilpin? Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's the, the best way to describe it is, do you remember when we watched Ready or Not? Yeah, I do remember it's that. Much in, it's very much in the vein of Ready or Not. It's like, it, it, like, remember how I said Ready or Not seems like a Blumhouse picture? Mm-hmm. This is the picture. Did you mention the swank? Hillary Swank is in it, too, yeah. Um, I didn't want to say anything because in the movie they kind of bury the lead that Hillary Swank. They don't show oh, she's this, on IMDb, she's the second, like, highest credited person. Yeah, in the movie you don't see her face until um, later on in the... Um... Yeah, I feel like this, this. there was some controversy about this, and it was delayed because of like political reasons, and I don't... Uh, the movie... Oh, the movie was yanked from its original release date due to mass shootings. I mean, that makes sense. This, the movie is literally about rich people kidnapping like regular run-of-the-mill people and hunting them for sport. Yeah, so I, I remember there being some conflict. But it's it's funny because that movie I watched, Yakuten, translated from Danish to The Hunt, is about a preschool teacher played by Miles Wilkinson who gets accused falsely of sexually abusing one of the students. Uh, and then his whole life... It was a great movie. Um, but drastically different than the thing you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I definitely recommend The Hunt. Um, my Hunt, not Zach's Hunt. Um, I recommend My Hunt. Watch any movie called The Hunt. If you yeah. Google The Hunt and various movies come up, watch them all. The Hunt, whatever weird Danish word Zach said, Hunt for Red October. I was about to say. Um, Let's not forget that, Jim. Um, it's definitely good. It's, I mean, it's not going to win. It's not going to win any awards. It's not going to change your perspective on the human condition. It's a good shut your brain off and watch a stupid movie um, type thing. It's very much like Ready or Not. I thought just occurred. I thought just occurred to me aside from uh, the the hunt. Um, like I want to again drive home how drastically different rating systems were back in the seventies. Jaws was rated PG. And currently, my son is in the other room watching a PG movie, and it's the B movie. Like, that, <laughs> like that's what PG is now, is the B yeah. movie, where a B tries awesome. to fuck a woman. Yeah. And succeeds? And maybe? I don't know, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. <laughs> um, Zach, what have you been watching this week? Uh, a couple quick takes on a couple movies I watched. Was, uh, I watched... Uh, Oh my Jesus, shut your mouth with your blah, 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 blah. Watch The Quiet Place 2. Ooh, how was that? Fine. It was good. It, it, standalone, it's fine. Come, uh, it's not as tense as the first one. Uh-huh. Um, which kind of then detracts from it a little bit. Um, still solid. Um, uh, what's his name? Cillian Murphy's good in it. Yeah. Uh, and then that same night, we watched a documentary called Boy State, which evidently there is many organizations that do this, and it's always called, but they're like state. So this is, it, it looks at the Texas Boy State, which is a uh, few days long, it makes it seem like maybe a week, maybe a little less, where uh, teenage boys 
probably, you know, like 16, 17, 18, like that, like later years of high school. I'm listening. Um, uh, go in this, they go to Austin, Texas. There's 1,100 of them. Uh, they go to Austin, Texas. I'm, I'm listening. 300, 360 come out. Sharks got the rest. Sharks got the rest. Uh, no, but really, it is 1,100. Um, June 29th. Split- they're split into two groups of 550 that are then assigned a, a non-existent uh, political party. I believe in this, it's the like nationalists and I forget the other one. And then they create a state government. Oh. Um, so they elect a head of the party. They debate and, 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 and determine a... Um, of like a platform for the party, like what they believe in, what are the big uh, issues that the party defends or, or, or rails against. And then they vote um, within their party for various like positions. And then it all goes to a general election where the entire 1100 vote for various um, positions, including the top one being governor. And it sounds very dry and boring, but it's basically high stakes politics as played out by 17 year old kids. Google. Interesting. And, and like they get. Um, you know, it, you know, it's weird. It reminds me of. Did you watch American Vandal? Yes. It reminds me of a true, like a gritty true crime documentary but it's played out by nonsense bullshit of 17 year olds yeah it's it's it's, it's interesting because like i said to becky because like it, once it gets to like the general election so you've been identifying with this one party for the entire time um uh-huh. if you're if you're one of the kids and then the point of the general election is to try to sway the voters from the other party to vote for you as well and i said to becky i was like why would they like, there's no... Because it's not like the governor then makes rules or anything for something. Like, it literally ends the last night. The governor is awarded, and then they go back to their dorms to go to bed, and they go wake up the next morning and go home. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's the type of kid they, that invites to this. Because they don't just... Like, you don't just sign up for it. You have to be invited and selected for it. Like, you... Yeah. It's, it's In Texas, at least, it's, it's sponsored by the American Legion. Uh-huh. So you have to interview with like mem- like representatives of the American Legion and like basically audition. And I was like the type of kid that goes to this takes it seriously enough that the gamemanship of it is enough reason to like if you did this kind of thing in like just a regular if you just went to a high school and said yeah okay everyone in this high school is this or that even like you see it like when they do like field day like you're either red or blue. And then you're red or blue, ride to ride or die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but it's like there's a couple shady political moves that these kids pull off. Where I was like, oh shit! <laughs> and you like you, you, you kind of root for some of the kids. You know, they don't have a villain. There's no outright villain. There is one kid who flip flops all over the place to the point where you're like, I don't know if I like this kid or not. And then you get what he's doing, and you're like, oh, I love this kid. Yeah. Uh, so it was very interesting. And then I watched the movie Sorry to Bother You. 
Oh yeah, when you 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 were talking about this, and like, I'm seriously debating when we sign off of the podcast, going and ordering GoPuff and watching. Sorry to bother you. Watch it. It's on Hulu. Oh, is it? Yeah. Nice. I believe it's under two hours. Um, it is a bizarre movie. It's it's a, it was very good. I can't say that I fully understand exactly what they're saying. I think I get the broad strokes of the. Um, the uh, I think the, I, I, Zach failed to mention, uh, but starring double podcast. Twice friend of the podcast, like Keith Stanfield, or just Keith Stanfield, depending on what movie it is. Um, also, Adam seems to have a certain affinity for Tessa Thompson. She's in it. Tessa, dude, Tessa Thompson's hot. Uh, you have the voice work of Pat Oswald and David Cross. Um, Wait, I remember the trailer where like he works for like a telemarketing company, and like. Donald Glover is not Don. Danny, Danny Glover. Glover. Yeah. Danny Glover is telling him to but put his way, voice on. Donald Does Glover. Adam Oswald been... or David Cross played the Keith Stanfield's white voice. Uh, Pat, D- David Cross plays the Keith Stanfield's. That's voice. awesome. There's also there's another character whose white voice is played by Pat Oswald. Um. Uh, you like you just kind of like maybe you're true because. Uh, Donald Glover would have been awesome in this movie. Uh, but it just takes bizarre turn after bizarre turn. Um, yeah, you uh, can I convince me. When we're done recording tonight, I'm going to order GoPuff and watch uh, Sorry to Bother You. Um, well, in that case, let's transition. There is one more thing I watched this week, uh, which we're going to talk about in depth next week. because Yeah, so Zach and I both actually watched... The movie that we're covering next week already. Zach, you said you took your notes, correct? I took my notes already. I might have to do a refresher, like a quick like rewatch, like put it on in the background just to remember that. But we both watched released yesterday. Actually, it turns out from what I saw on Twitter, released Thursday night, like around like eight. Uh we both watched. We're gonna do it, guys. Get ready. We did the first one. We're gonna do the Suicide Squad. Hashtag Jai Courtney. Hashtag Jai Courtney lives. Um, we're gonna. Um, I watched it. Adam watched it. We both uh, we discussed our opinions a little bit today. I think it's it's. Um, Mommy! I think it's gonna be a, a more uh, a little less of making fun of podcast next week than the first one was. Yeah, um, I said to Zach today. I definitely. I definitely enjoyed this one more than the last one. Absolutely, definitely. I, I have uh, one major critique, which I mentioned to Adam, and it's not even like, you know, I, I've made the critique about several movies, even in this episode. So um, it's not a huge thing, but I, I, I enjoyed it. Did you know, can we, before we get into it, uh, we'll, we'll touch more on it next week. Did you know uh, they were going to make Ildris Elba just straight up Will Smith's character? Oh, really? And they didn't because Will Smith didn't outright refuse to do this. He had a scheduling. He couldn't do it. Yeah. So they made him the new character so that it leaves the door open for Will Smith to... It seemed... I mean, it did seem... We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it next week. Yeah. 
But yeah, I, I read that today and I was like, oh, that's because I, I part of my notes are about how like basically like they should they might as well have made him the, the same character. But anyway, yeah. we're going to talk about the, the Suicide, Suicide Squad. It's currently up until September 5th available on HBO Max as part of the Warner Brothers uh, HBO Max uh, partnership. That is going to uh, still be fruitful throughout the year. We're still we're about a month away, I think, from uh, the uh, the Sopranos movie coming out. Which I'm, I'm excited about. The uh, what is it? Saints of Newark. The Many Saints of Newark. Many Saints of Newark. Yeah, I'm excited for that, especially because I mean, like, I, if any, if if any repeat listeners remember, um, earlier in the year, that was my what are you watching for like a mm. month and a half was I was. I had never watched The Sopranos all the way through. I'd only seen like one or two episodes, um, and I, I'm so I'm very excited for that. I'm very excited because they have what's his name? They have um, James Gandolfini's son playing young Tony. Yeah, like that's rad. Um, and the the supporting cast has a lot of people I like. Like, um, uh, what's his what's his name? Corey Stoll's in it. I think Corey Stoll plays Junior. Is it the guy from Ant- from the first Ant Man? Yeah, yeah, the bad guy from the first Ant Man plays Uncle Junior. Um, uh, Jay have, uh, Bear Formiga. Uh huh. She plays the mother, doesn't she, Lydia? Yeah, she plays Tony's mom. Um, but like Jay Barenthal's in it. Um, et cetera, Who? et cetera. Jay Barenthal from Walking Dead and Wolf of Wall Street. The uh, uh, Shane. His first name is Jay. Yeah. Or is it John? John Barenthal. John Barenthal. There you go. Oh, all right. So this baby's being a, a pain in the ass again. So we're gonna add real. If you want, real quick, to your spiel. Uh, real quick, thoughts on Twitter at Summer Movies T O U and then the number one. Let us know what your top five Spielberg movies were. Let us know if you think it's controversial. Jesus Christ, that I picked Last Crusade as my favorite Indiana Jones over Raiders. Um. Let us know. Um, let us know if you're running for office in Texas, like those 17 year old kids. Well, they're not really um, running like for office, Adam. It's a like, simulation. No, it's it's, it's real. Um, Zach, if you don't have anything else. Oh, that's on. By the way, that's on. That's on Apple TV. If if you wanted to, quite but just real quick. I in case you want to watch things I watch. Quiet Place Two is on Paramount Plus. Boy State's on Apple TV, and Sorry to Bother You is on Hulu. Yeah, I say everything that I watched aside from the shark is still working is on HBO Max, um, and then the, like I said, the shark is still working is on um, YouTube. I'll send Zach a link when I hang up with him to uh, to post it with the um, with the tweet. Um, but yeah, Zach, if you got nothing else to say, um, I will. Um, I'm gonna not say anything stupid like I did last episode because I listened to it recently and I wanted to smack my. I want. I was driving home from work while I listened to it, and I wanted to just run my car off the road into it. Why? What did you say? I forgot. Oh, I was like, I said, be safe, be healthy, be kind to one another, and go back in time. (laughs) And I wanted to hurt myself. Um, So I'm going to refrain this time, and I'm just going to say, be safe, be healthy, be kind to one another, and uh, we'll see everybody next week for the Suicide Squad. Yeah, everybody, be safe, be healthy, be kind, and stay out of... The water. There, you happy? Now you don't have to feel bad about yourself. You don't have to feel bad about yourself. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. We'll see you next week.